You're listening to the Ticker Podcast from IR Magazine, a roundup of this week's leading stories and industry comment from the world of investor relations. This week on the Ticker Podcast, it's a Neary Conference special as we interview some of the organizers, speakers, and attendees at this year's event. Welcome to a special edition of the Ticker Podcast. I'm Tim Human, editor of IR Magazine, and this week I've been in San Diego for Neary's 2016 annual conference. While there, I had the chance to interview a range of people and hear some of the key issues currently affecting IR practitioners in the US. First up, let's hear from the conference co-chairs. They are Karen Fisher of One Roof Energy and Lee Ulstrom of Paragon Offshore. It's just been uh, an incredible experience, a, a lot of energy, a lot of great ideas, a lot of passion. One of the best things about NERI members is that they are all passionate about doing what it takes to improve the profession. And so from the content to the types of activities to uh, you know, really anything that has to do with the conference, everybody was very, very engaged. And then, then the different perspectives that you know, we get from oil and gas people versus biotech people versus consumer goods and what's important to, to those shareholders versus our shareholders. It, it all makes for a, a, a much more robust conference experience. And can you tell us some of the key themes or key issues that you think are going to be discussed here at the conference? Well, activism is always one of the big ones. I mean, everybody's always trying to make sure that either they're not going to be a target for uh, the activist who comes in, or if they are, that they're well prepared. And so, uh, you know, what we really want to do, regardless of what the topic is, is give people something that's actionable uh, so that they can go back to their office on, on day one after the conference and have something that's very practical to put to work. The other thing that, that you and I have talked about, Tim, is the fact that there are, there are so many diverse levels of expertise and experience here at the conference, as well as not only domestic investor relations professionals, but also globally. So the real challenge is in developing the content and as well as the messages and the themes is making sure that there is something for everyone. Now, Lee, your company is in the oil and gas sector, and that's a sector that's had a pretty tough time over the last couple of years. Um, what do you think the discussions will be like in terms of those companies that are here at the conference? Well, I, I think our attendance level for uh, oil and gas companies is quite a bit lower this year than it has historically been, uh, you know, as, as companies slash and burn on the budget. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a very difficult time as you try and prioritize your IR budget. And, and of course, IR is one of those things that you shouldn't cut. Uh, but if you have to, then, then something like a conference may be one of the places that you trim back on so that you can still afford to be out on the road telling your story. And we've got a great session tomorrow, or on Tuesday morning, uh, with a professional storyteller to help all of us figure out how to tell our story better. Very good. And maybe one final question. Karen, you're based in the San Diego area. Do you want to give some tips or some advice for people who don't know the city that well, how they can make the most of their time here? I, I Absolutely. You know, the, the great news is that we're, we're at a hotel property that has so many things around it. Um, we're downtown. You've got Old Town. You've got the lamp, gas lamp district. You've got the Midway, literally within a 15-minute walk from here. Balboa um, Park. Um, there, there's just Sea World. <laughs> I can go on and on. There's yes, um, but there's there's a lot of things to do, and and just going to the beach, Coronado Island, my favorite. That was Karen Fisher and Lee Olstrom the conference co-chairs of Neary's 2016 annual conference. I also sat down with Neary's CEO and president, Jim Kudahy, 
who is now at his second conference as Neary Boss. Jim also discussed why San Diego is a neat town for the conference before also chatting about the recent launch of Neary's new certification program. You don't have to work hard to make the most out of San Diego. It really, uh, I think the location speaks for itself. It's gorgeous outside, wonderful property. Uh, glad to be here. You know, we, we really like to move the conference around the country and make sure that we are, you know, coming to the East Coast periodically, come out to the West Coast so we can, uh, you know, service both sides of the country. But uh, really looking forward to, to a great time this week. Fantastic. And a big theme this year is certification. Absolutely. Neary had its, uh, its first exams in March for the we new did. certification program. Can you tell us how you're, how you're marking that, that sure. milestone, th this conference? Yeah, and we're going to do that in a big way. Uh, uh, you know, we definitely we came out of the gate strong uh, with uh, announcements about the people who passed the exam uh, back in, in March. Uh, but now, um, you know, here at the conference on Tuesday, uh, we are are going to, to announce the actual people who pass the exam, uh, let them come up on stage, uh, get some recognition for their accomplishment. And I think another big part of it is recognizing the, 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 the core uh, of volunteers who, who, who have made it all possible. Fantastic. And maybe to finish off, what are the next steps for the NERI certification? Certain, uh, you know, it's, it's an ongoing process. It's now rolling. It's part of our goal now is to build wider recognition and appreciation of the designation uh, it, it, you know, outside of IR. But certainly, you know, it's an ongoing challenge to create a program that is relevant, uh, that is, uh, you know, of, of significance, uh, and then, you know, it, it reaches the caliber that is expected of our, our, by our members. Um, but, you know, and to do that on an ongoing basis, it's a formidable challenge, but one we're real proud of that we've been able to roll out this year and we know it'll become a staple within the IR community. Along with professional development, another key theme this year was politics. Minds were concentrated on this issue as the California primaries actually took place on Tuesday during the conference. I caught up with one of the keynote speakers, John Micklethwaite, editor-in-chief of Bloomberg and former editor-in-chief of The Economist, who talked about the growing political risks in the world, as well as changes to IR and the media industries. Well, I'm here with John at the Neri Annual Conference. You've just come out of the general session where you covered a whole range of issues, from politics to business and IR. One of the things you talked about was the 20% world. Can you tell us a bit about that and what the uh, significance of, of that environment is? Well, the 20% world was an idea I had about a couple of months ago when I walked into a bookmaker and I saw that the odds of Donald Trump becoming president were roughly 20%. The chances of Brexit were roughly 20%. And I kept on looking through. There was Marine Le Pen in France and other ones. The interesting thing is that now the chances of Brexit and Donald Trump are both around 30%, so they keep on increasing. And what it struck me is you now live in a world where those sort of discontinuities are no longer just, um, uh, they're possible. doesn't mean they're probable, but they're possible. And once things are possible, that actually changes a lot of things because these are not normal things. This is not like the Republicans narrowly squeaking past the Democrats. Donald Trump came in, there would probably be a very vigorous trade confrontation with China. He'd build a wall with Mexico. He would start to do some fairly substantial things. If Brexit happened, you know, that, that could mean the end of the United Kingdom, if Scotland leaves as well. It could indeed, in the end, perhaps mean the end of the European Union, if other people have significant things. So there is a, this time there really is a, the, the, these are possible things, but they're substantially different to other possibilities before. And huge potential consequences if one of them comes off, as you say. Very much so. And in the end, I think you have to take the assumption that if you have a 30% world or a 20% world, 
you know, one of them eventually is going to happen. You could argue in Greece with the election of Cyprus, that was one example of something that did happen. Austria very, very nearly happened, it just missed it. Okay, and now changing tact, you also talked about IR during this general session. And you talked about how you were feeling quite sympathetic towards IROs and how their job has potentially become more complicated, more difficult over the years. Can you explain that? I think it's become more complicated and more difficult for some reasons which are a little bit similar to what I've been through. I think it's become more similar in the sense that you suddenly now have Twitter. You have all the different ways in which um, you can reach investors. But also, actually, on top of it, the way in which things, investors can feed back things to you. And I think that makes it much more difficult. I think also the element which, the, 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 and, I, and I accept, as one of the gentlemen pointed out, a very big difference between investor relations dealing with investors and media relations dealing with journalists. But even then, the level to which they've begun to merge a bit, because when you are in a crisis situation or when you're discussing CEO pay or dealing with activists, it tends to involve roughly the same message going through two different platforms. Okay, and moving on to one final question. Um, you're editor-in-chief editor of Bloomberg. I wanted to ask you about the media industry and how it's changing. Can you tell us about some of the ways that business news is evolving at the moment? And also, you talked a bit in the session about how computers are helping your journalists to write stories. I, I, I think that several things are happening at the moment. I think there are three big trends. One is customization, the ability to be able to target things precisely on you and the industries and the company maybe you work for. So you get your general news, but you then get particular news. We now have a new morning product called Daybreak, which is an attempt to do that for terminal customers, to give them a sort of unique, sort of one-stop shop in the morning. Sorry, a lot of cliches coming one after another, but, but it is generally that. But it's customized because you can use the technology to find out what shares, what equities they hold, and therefore build stuff around that. I think the other thing is the drift towards mobile. I think that is incredibly important. You know, we, the terminal, for instance, tends to be something which people use more in, um, um, in, at the office. If we can get people using the same things on their mobile, that makes a huge difference to what we do. I think in general, there is, I suppose the bigger issue to do with technology, there's the, there's the issue of automation. Is I think it's now possible to get computers set up to have alerts to tell you when precise things are happening. In some cases, you feed those directly to um, the community. In other cases, it's a prompt for a journalist to say, hey, this has just happened. Do you think we should do a story on it? And even if you say no, at least you have to go through that process. And that, I think, will be a change. Some people are frightened by automation. I tend to think it's something which will take away a lot of the rather annoying bits of journalism and give more value to the good bits. I can understand how IROs might be a little bit nervous. They're the ones writing the press releases, and then it's hitting your computers and well, that's, that's, a, that's a good point. I think at the moment, what, what, but the moment's happening, you have a lot of people scraping press releases from different angles, looking for every available. I, 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 I think it's very difficult to stop. I think, you know, you, you have, it's not just um, uh, journalistic organizations like us. It's also actually fund managers are also doing the same thing. They're looking, they're diving in, trying to find individual bits of news as quickly as possible. So I think that's part of the same dilemma. So I, don't, I think it's one of those ones where you can't be like Canute. And, and say, the, you know, I want to stop the waves coming in. That was John Micklethwaite, editor-in-chief of Bloomberg, speaking to IR Magazine at the NERI conference 2016. After the keynote sessions every day, there are a variety of smaller sessions as well as table discussions, which together cover just about every IR topic you could think of. I got a taste of one of the panel discussions when I spoke to Chris Taylor of Iprio, who moderated a session on the changing role that IR plays in corporate governance. 
Chris talked about how IROs are working more closely with corporate secretaries in the US, as well as the rollout of proxy access and how to engage better with proxy advisors. Chris, you're speaking on a panel later at the conference on corporate governance. In terms of corporate governance and the role of IR, how is that situation evolving at the moment? Tim, you know, over the last three to five years, we've really seen a growth um, in responsibility with the IRO in terms of corporate governance. Really, in collaboration with the corporate secretary and the general counsel's team. Um, and, and really, what the way we look at it, I think, is you know, a few of the issues that have come to the fore as it relates to corporate governance are, say on pay, and proxy access, probably the number one and number two issues as it relates to governance. And think about that, who does say on pay impact? The CEO, the CFO. Who does proxy access impact? The board of directors. And so the importance of governance has really been elevated in the C-suite and it's been elevated at the board level. And what that has meant is that the IRO, therefore, really has to become part of the team that addresses governance, not just at the time of the annual general meeting of shareholders, but throughout the year. You mentioned proxy access. I mean, a huge story last year. What's the sort of state of play with proxy access at the moment? Is it continuing to be rolled out company by company? Well, it is. And if you look at the S&P 500, I think there's 125 companies who now have proxy access. Um, but it still hasn't been put into practice. I don't, I don't think there's been, and actually I know there's not been a, a group of shareholders who has put a nominee on the slate of directors. Ultimately, it's going to happen at some point. Uh, but companies are now addressing it, working with shareholders. The New York City um, has been a big proponent of proxy access. And so you see the support for proxy access and the um, uh, deployment of proxy access growing dramatically um, in companies. As you say, it's a bit of a nuclear option, but it could happen at some point for one company. Uh, it's it's got to happen. I think it's inevitable. And changing uh, topic now to um, executive pay. I mean, there's been a few stories in the UK, particularly at the moment, about how institutional investors are making a lot of noise about executive pay, but then when it comes to how they actually vote, they're very strong backers of management. I wonder if you, what your insight is on that. Well, if you look at it, you know, most say on pay proposals from, if you stand back, we'll, we'll get you know, majority approval. The issue comes is when ISS now has said, you need 70% minimum shareholder approval. Uh, for us to, 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 to back you going forward. So the bar of shareholder approval has really been raised by the proxy advisory firms, so it's gonna remain an issue going forward. And yes, you know, not every shareholder will line up, but as it relates to pay per performance and total shareholder return, say on pay is one area where shareholders really could um, vote and, and make their voices be heard. Okay, maybe one final question. You just mentioned proxy advisors. We hear from companies that sometimes they find it difficult to engage with them. They find it hard to work out you know, how they come up with their recommendations. Sometimes they don't get responses for them. Have you got any advice for IROs that want to engage better with proxy advisors? I'd say rule number one is don't wait for the report to be issued by the proxy advisory firm. Get in front of it off season, go and meet with them, explain um, uh, the way you're organized, explain your approach to governance, explain your approach to compensation really is critical. Um, once you're in the season, once the reports have been issued, it's pretty much too late at that point. You could certainly uh, go back and correct any factual errors with them, but it's going to be tough to influence them once they've written their recommendation. Finally, let's hear from one of the international delegates at the conference. I sat down for a chat with Kai Bommer, 
general manager at German IR association Dirk, who despite a long IR career was making his first appearance at Neary. Kai talked about his conference takeaways and also the hot topics currently occupying the thoughts of German IROs. So Kai, you've worked in investor relations for a long time, but this is your first Neary conference. How are you finding it? Yeah, it's, it's actually amazing. After 16 years in office as the German IR Association Manager, um, the first time being here, um, it's great. I like it. It's a lot of new impressions um, to get away from here. I found it particularly interesting that there were many general sessions on things that are not directly linked to IR, but where IR people can learn a lot from, like the fearless leadership session from that F14 pilot last uh, evening, yesterday. Or, or the Tulane professor who is speaking on the financial market situation in general. And I think that is, is, is a trend that I'm seeing and I'm very interested to, to follow that up. Okay, and you're obviously heavily involved in the Dirt Conference each year of the German IR yeah. Association. Are there any of you picked up any tips, any ideas from here that you're going to take back to Germany? Well, one thing is we always see the US as a market where we can learn a lot from. And, and that's on many, many topics where we can do that. So we take away some idea um, social media is one of them. Um, again, the trend of non-direct IR related topics. I think we might sort of get some ideas out of that. Other than that, we are smaller than the NERI conference um, by half, roughly. Um, but the concept is pretty similar. And it's the mixture of networking, of education, meeting people, learning new things. And I think we've got many, many good years to come. Sure. And these conferences are a good opportunity for the heads of the various IR associations to get, to get, to get together as well, yes, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. yeah, indeed. So, so we're going to meet all of us um, tonight, and we've got friends from Bulgaria, from Spain. I think Brazil is there, Australia, obviously the States. And again, even as association members or heads of, we're, we're learning a lot from each other. Fantastic. And one more question. What are the kind of hot topics in terms of uh, IR in Germany at the moment? What are the things that your members are talking about a lot? Well, one major thing is the changes in quarter reporting, the legal or regulatory changes. So companies are now thinking about oh, how do we do our quarterly reporting? They've got more freedom and they might, you know, do it better. And then it was interesting to read one of your articles in the IR magazine where we got a lot of information from that in the States. Uh, that discussion is starting as well. So um, maybe that's one of the few points where Europe or Germany is sort of going first and, and the States are copying a bit. So it's interesting to follow the discussion here as well. That was Kai Bommer speaking at Neary's annual conference in San Diego. You can view all these interviews and many more from Neary's annual conference on the IR Magazine website at www.irmagazine.com. You can also see a few photos from the event on our Twitter feed. Just search for the handle at IR Magazine. Well, I think that's all we've got time for this week. Thanks very much for listening. And this is Tim Human signing off from the Neary annual conference in San Diego. You've been listening to the Ticker Podcast from IR Magazine. For free access to all the latest global investor relations news and analysis, register at irmagazine.com or download the app.